This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Welcome to the Mustang Owners Podcast. And now your host, John Clore. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inside Ford Performance here on the Mustang Owners Podcast. Today, we've got a very special show for you. And joining me as my co-host is, of course, Mike Ray, the president of the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan. Mike is my, uh, what I would call the Mustang Club guru, but everybody knows him in the hobby. And if you don't know Mike Ray, then you need to get out more. But Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. Are you kind of excited about our guest? Absolutely. You know, we've been talking about her for the last couple of months, obviously. So I'm very, very excited to get a chance to sit down and really talk to her tonight. Yeah, this is going to be fun for everyone. And I'm not going to keep the suspense going very much longer. I just wanted to tell everyone that this was a very special show because um, uh, there are a lot of people that work on the Mustang over the years. And I know that we try to bring many of these people through the Mustang Owners Museum and through clubs like Moxham and through the Ford Performance Club Connect program uh, with many of the Mustang heroes. In fact, Mike, we can talk a little bit about Mustang heroes tonight because we've got one in our audience. Tonight, we're going to be talking to Emmeline King. Not only did Emmeline King do a star job on designing the interior of the 1994 SN95 Mustang and made us all happy with that, Emmeline is a pioneer in the automotive industry. She was the first black female uh, transportation designer, as they call it, at Ford Design. She is Ford's first black female designer. And not only did she come in and break the glass ceiling and, and be a pioneer in that regard in a, a male-dominated Ford Design Center, but to come through and being on a program like the Mustang, the SN95 Mustang, and then do other projects in her storied career at Ford, Emmeline King, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you very much, John, and hello, Mike, as well. Well, we, everybody I know is anxious to hear a little bit about you, Emmeline, and um, I know that during the Mustang's many, many years of production, it seems like the chief engineers and the chief designers get all the glory. But as you know, Emmeline, there's a lot of pieces and parts that go into the Mustang, and the, the part that people touch the most... <laughs> The part that people really spend the most time in is the interior. So I want you to tell me a little bit about your ability to get into Ford Motor Company and whatever got you to get into car design. Can we talk about that for a second? Well, I will start out. The first thing that got me interested in cars um, during like my early childhood years, um, my father, who was a Ford employee, he worked there as a fabrication specialist, introduced me to the world of Ford. Every year, Ford would have their Christmas parties. And it was there at these Christmas parties that my father got an opportunity to tell me about the history of cars and Ford cars. But what really captivated my attention was the smell of clay. Um, like every, every 
everything morning, my father and I would have the daddy and daughter outings, and he would take me over to uh, one of the black um, sculptures in the city of Detroit, Oscar Grave. I would spend like many, many hours in his studio working with the clay. And when um, my father and I, when we would go to Ford's um, Christmas parties, um, I remember one occasion, my dad took me in this other special area and they had like these blue doors and I'm smelling clay behind the blue doors. <laughs> and I wanted to go behind those doors, but my father said, Emily, you have to be a Ford employee. And the clay that you're smelling behind there is, you know, there's clay models, but there are men who sit at their desks and design cars. And every car that you see out on the road had its beginnings with, you know, the creative mind of an artist or a transportation designer. And from that day, I made up in my mind that I wanted to design cars. I had three dreams that I wanted to fulfill. One was to become a car designer. Two was to work there at Ford Motor Company, there at the design center. And three, to work there at Ford with my father. But during my, my, my years in school, oftentimes my male teachers would say, well, what is it that you want to become, Emily? Well, I first thing, I want to become a car designer. And they would say, no, 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 no. Girls cannot draw cars. You need to either become a librarian, a good housewife, or a nurse. But little did they know that with the exposure that my father had and introduced me to the world of transportation design, I was able to fulfill that dream. Well, Emmeline, you know, um, Mike and I both know we've been involved with some Ford projects. And Mike, remember we used to go down to the design center when they do reveals and boy, you can smell that clay and you know, when you're down there, um, you, you can't get in anywhere unless you've been invited and you've got clearance. But Mike, when we go down there, it's always kind of tingly special to see what's in the minds of designers. And, and I admit I could, I could smell it too. Mike, do you remember the last time we went down there when we were invited to go look at a, a property and, um, the excitement you feel? Yeah. You know, th that was such a, um, one of my top experiences ever was to actually be able to go into the clay room in the design room and um, just to look around in awe and just know what has taken place over the years inside the Ford building there was just totally incredible. And yeah, it's no one can just walk in there. You definitely need some high clearance to actually get in there. So really, really cool. But you know, one of the things too, John, that I know you probably already going to touch about, but I cannot um, not mention this right now the 1994 mustang was the motor trend car of the year so emily how do you feel yeah. about that i was elated when i found that out because i was very fortunate to be on from the very time the first sketch was made up until and it rolled off the assembly line and that was so special when i found out that it made motor trend yeah motor trend car of the year you know what? What's really funny is one of our members, who was a former Ford exec, actually has the original trophy of that from 1994 from Motor Trend. Wow. Yes. Wow. Nice show and tell item, wasn't it, John? To bring. Oh uh, yeah, that would be that'd be one to hang on to. Uh, but you know, it's just uh, you went out there, and I read uh, Emmeline a story about you uh, years ago 
when you left Ford and um, I talked about uh, when other little girls were playing with dolls, you, you were playing with cars. And I, I was kind of struck what you're, when you first saw the Mustang, which one of those early Mustangs, and you said that you, what you really liked the form and the shape of the 68 Mustang. And um, to have a girl look at that and say, you know, that's a piece of art. And yes. to have a little girl rather, you know, <laughs> deal with clay or, you know, my, my little grandchild, Harper, she loves to play with Play-Doh. She loves to play with clay. I don't know if she'll ever be a sculptor <laughs> based oh. on the early, <laughs> but uh, th that must've been um, quite a thing. And when you saw that first Mustang, what was it about it? Was it the shape, the form, the flow? What, what made you so excited about Mustang? First of all, it was a Ford. I liked the design of it. And it, um, it was, I think, one that I saw, actually it was um, 64. It was oh. 64. And um, I liked the color. And it had like the, the red interior. And it was it was just a cute little small mid-sized vehicle. And something else that um, I, it reminds me of by, by the name of Mustang, when I was five years old, my father bought me this rocking horse, and it was a replica of a Mustang horse. <laughs> <laughs> so well, when I well, saw that, that just... <laughs> yeah. Dad was definitely, he was definitely a Ford guy, that's for sure. So so you went to school. I know you you went to Cass Tech, which is uh, in, in oh. downtown Detroit, and uh, at the Detroit School. Then when you went to Wayne State, my alma mater, uh, in Detroit, and and uh, being steered by people who saw your passion for the auto industry and realized, boy, you're you're going into an area where there's not many females, but if you're going to get the training, they kind of steered you into the uh, the the art center of design and and that yes. big that that school in Pasadena has boy, a lot of people have come through that. How was that experience leaving home to go out there to to learn that art? Awesome, and I can um, give thanks to um, Jack Telnack. Um, during the time on one of my interviews there at Ford, um, my father had had mentioned or, or was talking with um, Mr. Talnack and asked him about um, his background training in transportation design, what school. And um, um, Mr. Jack Talnack had referred or, or had mentioned to my father that Art Center would be an excellent choice for me to go. And it was so funny because um, I recall Mr. Talnack said, Emmeline, if you graduate from Art Center, you'll be able to run Ford. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, yeah. coming from Jack Telnack, uh, he did, he was the head of design for it for many years. As, as Mike. And Mike, I was telling Emmeline over lunch that, you know, uh, Jack has got a great relationship with the Mustang Owners Club of Southeastern Michigan, primarily because of an event you do there. Yes. Um, so we do an event each year called, uh, it's a gross eel downriver kickoff party that we do. So it's, uh, in conjunction with the downriver cruise, which is in downriver Michigan. And, um, Jack was a member of the Ford yacht club on gross eel and invited us to bring the Mustangs out to kick off that cruise one year. And I think that was nine or 10 years ago. Yeah. He actually made a few prints. Emmeline, you know, I know that you worked after the Mustang, you worked a lot on the T-Bird and, um, of course, one of the big things about Thunderbird or Mustang is the wheel and the wheel cover designs are so important uh, that really that really sets the car apart. And Jack used to tease us saying, because um, we were hanging around with Gail Halderman then who did the original car. And he said, well, I didn't, uh, 
Uh, the only thing I did on the 65 Mustang, he said, was the wheel cover. He says, but you know how I know how it, it was great? And Mike said, no, how? He goes, it was the number one most stolen wheel cover in 1965, so people must have loved it. Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> but no, we uh, will have to get uh, Jack and, uh, and and get back with him. Mike would be great to, uh, to reunite Emmeline, and maybe we should invite him to the uh, book signing. Absolutely. You know, another thing is uh, I just shot the, the owner of the award right now um, a, a question and a request to see if I can borrow that award because I think it'd be really cool for photo ops. <laughs> it would be. That's a yep. great idea. Emmeline would love that. Question is then. You earned it, Emmeline. So so when you started at Ford, uh, you went through that that college, you got you got hired in. Um, how did you gravitate towards the Mustang program? I mean, there's a lot of programs going on. There's a lot of cars to design. But how did you wind up getting on that program? Well, if I must admit, um, during that time, I had wanted to, like, get promoted into management. Um, I, and, and, and I had several different conversations with, with HR. And then it, I was fortunate to, to um, have a conversation with one of the execs who was over the Mustang program. And he had mentioned, he said, well, Emily, in order to really get promoted or move up this corporate ladder, um, management need to relate a program with a name. You need to get on a hot project. <laughs> and he had mentioned something about the Mustang. So it was um, at one of the, uh, what do you call it, one of our morning staff meetings. And my manager, Bud McGaldy, had mentioned about this new project, the, the revamping of the Mustang. And this is going to be a hot project. And I said, bingo, <laughs> right then and there. I get me definitely want <laughs> to be on it on that yeah. program <laughs> well that and was so a smart I, move on your part uh, emily because um as this podcast itself is evidence and, and hopefully we'll get you down to the mustang owners museum um in charlotte and maybe for national mustang day to come down and meet the, the people that make this museum run and all the enthusiasts that support uh celebrating this car that was a very important car in the 94 mustang you know uh, my former boss at SVT, John Coletti, was the uh, the program manager for that 94 Mustang, as you well know, and you worked with John. Um, yeah. But to, to, if that car, you know, they had to go off site that was done in the Montgomery Ward building in Allen Park down the street from from headquarters. And uh, it was a kind of a skunk works sort of small team. And Bud, Bud did have his three designs, but you, you know, you had to come up with, you didn't have a whole lot of time a whole lot no. of budget and that car had to come in on time under budget and be something that people embraced. Otherwise, you know, it could have been the, the Ford probe that could have been our Mustang. If you guys didn't hit a home run on that 94 Mustang. That is so true, John. And, and what was even more special, like by me being a female car designer, I thought that I could bring something from a different perspective, from a female point of view to this car. And I, yeah. I think even the earlier, the earlier Mustang, um, I, I think they tried to cater toward uh, females. Well, I mean, I know this, Emmeline, you know, as a, I was at Auto Week at the time, and as a journalist, after all those years of Fox Bodies, and Mike Ray knows darn well what I'm talking about, because he's got one in the Halderman Museum right now, and I have a, mm -hmm. a second-gen car, and everybody knows what the first-gen's like. 
none of those interiors of those Mustangs, they were rather squared off, especially even in the Fox body, a lot of edges, a lot of edges in those interiors. And when we first sat into a 1994 Mustang at the Long Lead at that ranch in California, and you were at that event as well, just to sit in that car and to see what happened. All of the lines that you created for the SN95 interior were smooth, rounded, and flowing. There wasn't no square, binnacle, square. There wasn't any square anything. It was all flowing, curving, sweeping lines into that interior. And it really, the dual cockpit interior was really quite a departure. But as you told me, the smooth surfaces and the smooth lines was because you have a feminine orientation and you were thinking of female drivers. Yes, especially like ease and entry, um, breaking a fingernail. If you grab a hold of the, the doorknobs or some of the, the radio knobs, um, just getting in, driving a car and you have a skirt on. So um, a lot of things, like I said, I had to sort of keep it masculine with a lot of power, but yet add a feminine touch to it. So bless you, bless, bless you for that. I got to tell you, Mike, I can, I can tell you this. I, uh, I remembered Emmeline from speaking with that event. And as you can tell um, the SN95 is, it was a distinct departure uh, to see all those lines. And I, I didn't know at the time that Emmeline had, had designed that interior and, and it was such a critical part because Bud's car went through three iterations, the three different exterior designs. But Emmeline, I've looked at some very early photos of the prototypes of SN95. And after your first couple of interior bucks, they were you were just on spec and all you were doing after the next couple were just refining and refining. You pretty much hit it right out of the park right when you drew it. Yes. And it, like you say, they had that cockpit type of feeling uh, environment. So like I said, I knew coming on this program, I would have to uh, just keep in mind to have that feminine touch um, to this sure foul, Mike, massive Mike, uh, also car. <laughs> Mike, did you did you even have a hint that a female had designed that interior after driving an SN95? No, but I think it's just, it's just so cool right now. Like you said, that kind of redesigned the whole comfort level of Mustang for sure. Yeah, and, and it, giving it, um, I think it really, Emmeline, you know, brought it into more of a sports car realm, which which didn't, um, which you know, they, they have those those curved, smooth lines more than than the blocky squares that we were used to, especially during the Fox Body interior years and the binnacles. But uh, Emmeline, the thing that I really was amazed about is that after you got into that program, you you continued to work on all iterations right on through the when the car went right from your early drawings, and while you were refining the interior, they were trying to pick the exterior. And when yeah. they finally settled on Bud's design, um, you kept going right, and you stayed on that program right through, was it right through the manufacturer? Right through. That was that was my request, that if I was going to be on this floor, I wanted to be on it from start to finish. And I remember the day that it rolled off the assembly line. Oh, oh that was yeah, I want to see it, see it totally through. Now, uh, it's speaking to Jack Telnack, after that, you did that Mustang. What a home run you hit on that. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the, that's the 95 Mustang, Mike. Now, I would say, and I know, Mike, in your estimation, isn't it really the entry-level car for young people nowadays? American Muscle has an entire catalog. That car is the way to get into the hobby right now, isn't it, Mike? 
Absolutely. Very affordable. And like you said, it's such a new, cool design. And uh, yeah, the whole SN95 crowd is uh, really, really growing with the younger groups. Yeah. And I got to tell you, um, Emmeline, I know that you uh, also touched the T-Bird programs, but some of the Thunderbirds that you worked on, I mean, you ranged from the, the uh, Turbo Coupe and the, all the way up. Did you even work on the two-seater a little bit? Yes, I did. The 2002-seater Thunderbird. Now, was that more under, um, I'd say, um, it wasn't so much Mr. Telnick anymore. By the time we got to there, it was... Uh, uh, Mayhew, I think he's he came on oh, board. It's Mayhew, okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but so you had to kind of immerse yourself uh, with Thunderbird as well. But being a Ford girl, that probably wasn't too difficult. Did your dad bring home a lot of Fords and you guys were driving oh. Fords at Yes, he had Mavericks, he had Caprice. He had, I think Dad had a he had one of the Mustangs, but it was Ford all the way every day. <laughs> all of us, all of us <laughs> had to drive, had to drive um Ford. And my, my first car was a Maverick. It was a stick. I couldn't even drive a <laughs> stick. So it had to sit in the driveway until I got enough nerve to um drive it. Actually, I, uh, one of my co-workers, he had a, a, a Capri. Yeah, it was Capri. And he took me out to Belle Isle. And he said, now, driving a, a, a stick, is, you, it's a feel to it. You have to ease up off the clutch. And so he took me out there. I got behind the wheel. And John, my next thing I know, smoke was coming everywhere. <laughs> everywhere from the tires. He said, no, 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 no. He took me back home and said, you can tear up your own car. And so I got enough nerve to go around. Each day I would go about two houses. Then I stopped, you know, because you keep bucking. And I finally got enough nerve to go all the way around the block. And it was smooth. <laughs> but we were- well, you know, to... Today, Maverick is Mike. Mike, you're selling Mavericks, uh, and but they're not a car at all. They're a truck. Yeah, I actually <laughs> placed two orders for new Mavericks today. That's so funny. But uh, yeah, what a way uh, the world has uh, progressed, right? Um, yeah. Well, Emily, the- having Emily doing a burnout, and she didn't even know it. But. So, Emily, uh, after this, you spent about <laughs> not quite 25 years, and then uh, the end of the line came for Ford. And I, I let's talk a little bit about. You know, you, you, I know you probably designed a bunch of other things, and I know you worked on the T-Bird and all those wonderful things, but were you still, was it just cars, or did you ever, I mean, you're, you're such a fashionista. Every photo I've seen of you, Emmeline, you're always dressed to the nines. So you're into other, you are. I mean, I'm not kidding. I, I feel bad to wear my Ford Performance shirt when I'm around you, but. Oh, um, no problem. No, no but problem. You, so you are, but you're into other things. And so when. Ford came knocking and they said, we're going to reduce the staff. That must have been tough. It was a shock, John. I, I tell you, it was a shock because I I thought I was covered. I thought, okay, hmm, I'm the only female, you know, um, uh, African-American female designer. I don't, I don't think they would get rid of me or let me go. But they did. They did. And, you know, I, I had a lot of good good things to happen during my career because I like I I uh, traveled to Europe. I worked over in Germany, England, and Italy for Ford. And like I said, a a, a black girl in this and coming up growing up in Detroit, um, 
to to get that type of exposure and experience was just it was just wonderful for me. So when it when they did let me go, whoo, it took a long time for me to get over that. But my father, um, who's a pastor and a minister, um, had a conversation with me. And him being spiritual had mentioned that the Holy Spirit had said, now Emmeline is free to write her book. And from that day, I took my pen and started writing. But prior to that, um, when I first hired in the fort, my father told me, he said, Emmeline, I want you to document every achievement, every department every um, um, program that you worked on, because you never know, it may come in handy. And did. So when it was time for me to write my book, John and Mike, I had so much material, so much things I had experienced that it was a piece of cake writing <laughs> my book. <laughs> well, that's Mike. Mike, that's why I'm so excited. Um, Emmeline King, ladies and gentlemen, uh, not only accomplished all this uh, at Ford during her almost 25 years there, but yes. after she left, she decided, you know what, this story needs to be told so I can inspire yeah. other people, whether they're young girls, black females, uh, someone from who doesn't believe they have the talent or the will or the, the, the ability to get to the, at the, the finish line and see their dream come true. And in Emily's case, it was to design cars. And yes, Emmeline, I have a copy of your book now. And to see that title, it was so mind-boggling. It's Mike, the title is, What Do You Mean a Black Girl Can't Design Cars? Emmeline King, she did it. <laughs> and what a book that is going to be. I am just so excited to um, be a part of the one of your first book signings, at least with the, in the Mustang community. And Mike, are we going to hold that? I think it's next week in Detroit. Yep. Tuesday in Detroit um, at the Maximum uh, General Club meeting for November. We're very, very excited to do that. And uh, I can't wait to get the book and to read it myself. And uh, like I said, I think the club's going to purchase, you know, six or eight of them also as well, just to keep in stock for anybody who can't make the meeting. So uh, Ooh, make sure you can bring a good load of books uh, with you, Emily. It's going to be really, yes, really fun. I have. <laughs> well, yes, it, it, thank you. It, I think, Mike, the, the, the thing for us is the Mustang people, and I've, I've thumbed through, my, Emily, and I'm so glad you took so many pictures of, you know, while you were working on those programs, because um, those are the inside stories that, that people love to read about. But more yeah. than that, Emily, I think the, the bottom line for this book and what makes this book different than all these, and Mike, I'm in my, in my home office, and I must have, what, 200 Mustang books. I'm, I'm looking at them right now. But what makes Emily so different, it's not just a story of, a, a, a young girl who worked on a Mustang and, and a, a black girl from inner city Detroit that broke through the barriers to, to work at a big corporation. It, it's about inspiration. And Emmeline, in so many times to that you, th you think back about your career, you know, the, what can you do after it's over to make it more worthwhile? Well, you can tell your story and inspire other people who may not have the, the, you know, feelings that they can succeed and show them that you did it. And if they have the desire and the will and the drive, they can do it too. And is that basically your message? You have a motto in there somewhere, I think. Yes. Um, my motto is opportunity is now grab it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's, yeah. you know, I, I'm hoping, um, so you're really looking that this is twofold and not just to connect with the Mustang enthusiast community who, you know, loves what your design work on the Mustang, but also, is it more of an inspirational book? Yes, it is. It is. Look at it as a, a roadmap to accomplishing your dreams, no matter what. Never let anyone tell you what you can't become. And 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 another thing that I I, I appreciate is that you have I call them bridges, and bridges are mentors or people who come in your life that help you travel across that bridge to reach your dreams. And it's no way I could have um, become a car designer if it hadn't been first from the exposure that my father gave me. And also, um, I was fortunate to meet uh, a lot of the co-workers who worked there at board who um, helped me um, reach my goal. And um, like I said, when a person reads my book, they will they will just see each step that it took to become a car designer. And like I said, it's a roadmap. It's a bridge to those who who might not be so, you know, have that desire, but maybe I can inspire them to just at least think and do something about it and to reach their goal. Well, that's going to be the key. I know that, uh, you know, little kids when they, they love cars and everybody thinks they can sketch cars. Unfortunately, uh, Emmeline, not all of us are artists and designers. <laughs> we don't have that skill, but you've certainly honed it. And I think um, with this double double message book, uh, not only talking about your time in the Mustang, but um, you know, coming through Ford the way you did and being yeah. a success story the way you, and then like, like now I can see Mike, I don't know. What do you think? Wouldn't be, wouldn't it be fun to see if we can get Emmeline infused into this Mustang community so they can hear her story all across the country? Absolutely. It needs to be shared with everybody. I think everybody would be very welcoming of it. And, uh, you know, like I said, this is something that's been, it's like a, you're a little hidden gem from us, Emmeline, and we're very, very <laughs> excited to uh, introduce you to the whole Mustang world. Well, well, Mike, we, we were talking about Mustang heroes and, uh, you know, Emily knew Jack Telnack and knows him and she knows Bud. Bud was, and Bud's been a friend of the club and I know he's been down to the museum and um, you know, I actually brought them together when Bud came up to Detroit for the Woodward Dream Cruise and was speaking <laughs> at the Mustang Owners Museum dinner. And I snuck Emmeline in and he hadn't seen her for years. And it was yeah. a cheerful reunion. Yes. It, now, it, Emily, it, your sister came along. Yes. And, and, and then all of a sudden we find out you guys drove up in a K-code, white K-code <laughs> manual transmission. And she, is this correct, is a is a engineer at Ford Motor Company? Yeah. Yes, she is. Eugenia Hardaway. Yes, she is. <laughs> wow. You, you talk about making a grand entrance, Mike. <laughs> so, so apparently the Emmeline King and her family are died in the wool Ford people. And now with her sister still working at Ford, I think this is kind of cool. We would like to invite her to come out as well. But Mike, I tried to explain about the Mustang Heroes Bank, what we did and how come we didn't have Emily? Uh, that was, you know, a very difficult thing for you and I to pull off because we weren't given the list of all the people who retired from Ford and left Ford who had worked on the program. It was just kind of hit and miss. Remember, Mike? 
Yeah, I, I guess I'm going to blame you because you know more people than I do, <laughs> back, especially back then. It's been on the history of the team. But, um, yeah, um, Emily, I really wish we could go back in time and add you to that because that was uh, one of the highlights of me and John's career by far. Um, the most coveted event of the 50th anniversary celebration for Mustang was our Heroes Banquet that we did in Dearborn. And we had uh, 60 heroes that had touched Mustang from day one until present day. And uh, you definitely belonged in that group. Wait, we're going to have to, we're going to have to do a mini reunion. Uh, I've uh, got a call into John Coletti. I know Bud Magaldi wants to be there. I got a call into Jack Telnack. Um, oh, some of yeah. the, so I, I think Emmeline, um, your story and the fact that you, uh, not just your accomplishments, because everybody can look back on their careers and say, you know, I did okay, but you've taken that one step further now by writing this book and uh, inspiring others who, you know, who face adversity and say, you know what, sometimes the dreams are more powerful, but you know what, Emmeline, the one thing about you is you really are not taking a lot of credit for it. You keep crediting your father. (laughs) I know he was just, he, he just meant so much that he would take time and, He had foresight that he wanted his little girl to be exposed to a world that may have been hidden from from a a lot of people. And I I just appreciate that so much. Well, and he knew (laughs) his way around the design center because after those clay models were done, uh, for it to go to the next step, it had to go into a fiberglass buck. And that's where your dad came in. Yes, I remember one time one of the clay parts had to uh, go over to his studio and I walked down there, I went down there and I saw dad working on the Mustang, I think it was on the the door trim. And I just reminisced from that time when he took me down the hall to the blue door and behind that (laughs) studio. (laughs) Finally got behind those blue doors. Yeah. So, Emily, uh, one car we like to talk about, and a lot of people who really don't uh, know more be- than beyond just the production cars, that one car you did touch was the Mustang Mach 3 Concept. Oh, oh yes. Now, you want to talk yeah. about a car with a lot of curves. A lot of curves. A lot of curves. <laughs> now, you, that, now, you told car- me, did, did you actually <laughs> work on that car in that program and then see one of them meet the, a nasty demise? Yes. Yes, I did work I think, on that. Was it the green one that, that broke apart and started on fire somewhere? <laughs> yes, they had, two. they had the red one and the green one. Actually, okay. I was, let's see, I think one of the magazines, I think it was Essence Magazine, and mm-hmm. they did a shoot with me in the um, the green mock um, three. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, well, you know what? Uh, a lot of people don't realize this. Uh, that those concept cars Ford didn't keep a lot of them and some people claim that they're still around do you know what happened to the Mach 3 Mustang well I heard that a famous um celebrity purchased it (laughs) okay so it's in a private collection (laughs) they this individual loved cars I mean they have a massive collection of cars and I remember um, in the studio, they, they, they brought in all the Ford old concept vehicles. And then they they had mentioned about um, the Mach 3 was being auctioned off. 
Wow. Now was that car that was a fiberglass, the the prototype yes, was made out of fiberglass, right? Yes, it was a fiberglass. Unfortunately, um, it didn't make it to production. However, you know, just imagine, John, can you imagine that car on the road today? Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the hard thing to for us as uh, Mustang fans, and Mike, I remember we talked to Gail Halderman about this, is that it's to see what's in your mind as a designer. And then, like you said, Emmeline, to see something that came out of your mind on a sheet of paper and then went to clay, then to fiberglass, and then to steel, and then to see it driving around in the street. That's got to be, I bet you every time you sit in a 94 uh, to, to 93, 94, 95 Mustang, you got to say, wow, this oh, actually made it, to, it made it to production. It made it to production. I remember one time when, um, I think it was the, um, the Super Coupe, the Thunderbird, the 19, I think, 89 Thunderbird Super right. Coupe. The family, we were coming back from vacation. It was on uh, one of the freeways. And the Thunderbird pulled up next to me. I had to roll through the window and I said, I was fortunate to work on that program and design that some parts on that vehicle. I was just yeah. elated just seeing that, knowing where it started. Yes. Wow. And that was a, what a great car that that car was. Uh, and that has it, by the way, its own enthusiast following and its own club. There's a Super Duke Coupe club. Super so, Coupe. So, so Emmeline, wow. if if um, we're going to hopefully get the word out about this wonderful book, and if someone wants to know more information, it, your website is www.emmelineking.com. That's E-M-E-L-I-N-E King, K-I-N-G.com. And can they not just get the story, can they order off your website? They can order there. And also my email is Emmeline King. She did it at Yahoo. <laughs> All right, <laughs> ladies they- and gentlemen, that, that does it. If you have a question for Emmeline or you'd like to invite her to your club to do a book signing or maybe your banquet to speak uh, about this incredible pioneer, this wow. beautiful young lady from Detroit who continues to inspire people from all over. Wait till you meet Emmeline. Um, then send her that email, Emmeline King. She did it at yahoo.com. And, and you'll get to speak to her directly. And hopefully, Emmeline, we're going to do everything we can to get your story out. And uh, Mike, I know as a Mustang fan, um, there's only, I mean, we can only say thank you for what you've done. But I think we're more excited to say we look forward to spending more time with you in the future. I can't wait to meet you, Emmeline. Um, very, very excited for Tuesday night. And I look forward to meeting you, Mike, and thank you once again, John, both of you, for this opportunity. We are excited, and I hope everyone else out there is excited. Uh, We uh, look forward to uh, speaking to Emmeline Moore, and I hope that with this podcast now we can get the word out and the rest of you can enjoy and understand all the things that Emmeline went through to be successful and that when you read this book and you reach that last page and you set it down, that feeling of inspiration will come over you. So if you've got that little guy at home or that little gal who says, you know, they're sketching and they're playing with toy cars and say, Mommy, Daddy, I want to be a car designer. Well, why don't you read about Emmeline King? Because she did it. (laughs) Thanks again, everybody. Well, And thank you for joining us, Mike. We look forward to seeing you at the book signing. Emmeline, please take care. And for the rest of you out there, make sure you join us again on the Mustang Owners Podcast with Inside Ford Performance. I've been your host, John Clore, and for Mike Bray, we say thank you and good night.